Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this at the very end of October 2022. And welcome to episode 92. What opportunities and experiences do you provide? First, we want to give a shout out to our friend Tanya Susi, who's in Croatia. Yes. She's in our book club. She is providing an opportunity for Croatians to do some math at a street math festival in Zagreb, Croatia. Tanya, you'll have to let me know if I said that right. <laughs> that is like the the coolest. She, I, I just... she has so many posts that she's put on Twitter. I think she's doing it today. I really think it's today at the time of this recording. I think so. I, I just think it is, it's just so cool. It's <laughs> just so cool. I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around it. First, I'm honored that she came to, she's been joining us in our book club, completely mm-hmm. honored. And I'm just amazed by how many people, she said there were a hundred thousand people at the last one, right? Yeah. That last year. Last year. I oh mean, gosh, <laughs> we need to do that here, <laughs> right? You know what? I was thinking about that. I was like, huh, well, maybe on Halloween I could put out like a which one doesn't belong? Then I'd have to be outside. Ugh, let me think about that. <laughs> but like, I mean, in in Lake Worth, they do that I sidewalk, yeah, right? The sidewalk I, drawing. Yes, I was what like, maybe we can get a a you know an area. What is it like yeah. a six by eight area or whatever they give? Yeah, and maybe we, we could do maybe we math. should, Laura. Right? We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. The wheels. The wheels are in motion. They are. They are. Well, I have a reflection for this week, and it goes back to episode 90, which we were talking about the math manipulatives that we like. Listen, I still don't know what to do with all those plain shapes that are sitting (laughs) in bins. I'm staring at them. And I'm like, other than the littles, you know, using them, but they have bigger ones that are plastic that are more like attribute shapes. Okay. Right. But what what do I do with these? Listen, someone on Twitter, please, in our podcast, please tweet at me, at us, and let me know, what what do you do with those gazillion plain shapes? Other than counting collections. Because, I mean, really, at this point, that's all, what else are you going to do with them? Is that why I wrote myself a note, counting collections, plain shapes? Thank you. I We just did discuss this. And it's on a post-it right there. And I was like, I don't know what this is about. Now I do. Thank you. Yes, using them for counting collections. All right. Anybody else have any other idea what to do with them? Please let me know. You're right. That's exactly what, what the post-it note was. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. Well, and I wanted to reflect on on the previous episode 91 and how easy it is to slip. I just want to like say again how easy it is to slip 
up and I'm glad that you, I mean, you said originally you weren't going to say anything, but I'm glad that you are a person in my life that will usually, you usually do very quickly. You're like, I'll hey, call hey, you hey. out. <laughs> but I hope, and I hope that people have other teachers in their lives that can also do that because the only way to change is to, right, is to catch those moments when you're when you go back because it's so easy to fall back into that previous thinking because we've been at that stage for so much longer than this new stage. And you know when I when I call you out I'm doing it out of love because I want oh, you to be better. And the same when people correct me, please, right. please correct me because I want to say it mathematically correct as well. Absolutely. And I think that that's also one of the reasons why we decided to do this podcast is so that our our learning continues yes. because we don't know it all and we want we want it out there so that if we need to think about something differently or revise our thinking, you know, we hope that other people will jump at the opportunity to help us do that because that's how we grow and learn as a community and we get better. Yep. That's so true. So the good news that I have for this week, for you and me as well, yes. at the time of this recording, we have three weeks until Thanksgiving break. And oh. listen, we did not get a whole week off for Thanksgiving break until what, about four years ago? We used to have to go to school Monday and Tuesday of yeah. Thanksgiving week. And it, I mean, the the absentee rate in the whole district was like 40% or something like that. So finally, I think somebody wised up and said, why are we, you know, using all of the facilities and the people and the everything for two days when, you know, so many kids don't come. Yeah. So yay. That's going to be like. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that, to that time too. And I got to say, it, it's, I was talking to somebody, you know, a teacher parking lot conversation because that's <laughs> when you see each other, right? Yep. And I was, we were both saying like, oh gosh, October is so long. And November does tend to go by quickly because of that Thanksgiving week. And then, you know, December is is good too. January kind of lingers. But I we, we both kind of agreed that it's October and April. Those two months April. are- and it's interesting. He said, and those are exactly six months apart, right? Oh. So it's interesting. Huh. So I, I don't know if that has something to do with it. It's just the, it's just, it's just funny. It's just an interesting, interesting little tidbit. For me, it's because April has no breaks. Like it's just April. <laughs> right. Sometimes, you know, when Easter falls, at least we get off Good Friday, but that's but it. It's usually right at the beginning of April, exactly. right? It's not, it's like April and then, and then you've got May. May is the rush and, and, and quick, like trying to wrap up the school year. So there's oh, and, and bustle, standard, right? Standardized testing now. Uh, it used right. to be in April, which dragged out April even more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, Anyway, I just thought it was interesting, uh, but so I'm I'm glad to be uh, at the end of October, looking forward to November. Yes, and, and I do want to say because many many years ago, I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast. I'm sure I've told you this. In my first couple of years of teaching, there was a veteran teacher outside, and we were of course in the portables, right? Because that's where they put all the ESE teachers um, yeah. at the middle school. And I said something like, oh, I wish it was Friday. And she said to me, never wish it's Friday because you'll wish your life away. Yeah, that's true. 
And so I I stopped wishing that it would be Friday, but I do look forward a lot to our breaks. <laughs> yes. I mean, Great. most days of the week, I don't even know what day it is other than Wednesday, because that's when I do Wonder Wednesday and I have my Notice and Wonder Woman shirt on. But right. other than that, like it just... And then summer, woo, summer, you never know what day it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to add to with our good news, yay to Amazon wish lists because I was able to get decimal overlays. So no thank way. you, thank you to the parents that that supported me in my class and, and bought that off the wish list. So I'm so excited to have now a set of five. So I I can do like a whole small group with them. Yay. So awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Because again, it's so much, it's so much harder for students to think about and be able to visualize a 10th of something instead of half of something, which is why I wish we did fractions first before decimals. It would make so much more sense, but I'm just a teacher. <laughs> I don't have the ability to change anything else. Anyway. I think we, we've talked about this before. And the only thing I can think of is because they're coming out of place value, like with whole numbers, and then they're multiplying whole numbers and dividing whole numbers. So let's multiply and divide decimals, right? Yeah, but, but no. it's... Kids are so it, much no. familiar with fractions. Yeah, it has to be fractions. And I, because I've seen it when the one year that I was I able, <laughs> the one year I was able to teach fractions first, my students were multiplying with fractions. They switched them. They wrote them as fractions instead of decimals because they understood fractions. So it just opens up a whole new strategy for them. And it, then it starts to make sense to them. A tenth times a tenth is a hundredth. Yeah, I understand why that is right? I can see it. I can see the patterns as opposed to if I have eight tenths times three tenths, why does that make hundredths pieces? Right? right. Right. Yep. Huh. So curriculum writers, publishers out there, please listen to what Karina is saying for fifth yeah, grade math. It. Seriously. You know? it's, a, it's like, what's the reason? I want to know the reason why. I mean, that, this is just our conjecture, right? What, we're, our guess why they teach decimals before fractions in textbooks, but maybe we should do like action research study because you said that one year your kids understood decimals so much better than when, when you did fractions first. Hmm. That was the one year also that I had a student get, I hate saying it like this, but it was a perfect score. He got every question right on, on our standardized assessment. And I really think it had to do with his understanding was just so much deeper, you know? Yeah. All right. So how do we, we're just going to have to get you some action research permission. Oh, sure. To do it next year. (laughs) Why not? You know, and maybe the, the teacher leaders of that, the cohort that you're in, maybe you can talk about that at your next meeting. Yeah. And plan ahead for next year. Yeah. Okay. So there, there are two things on our to-do list now. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for that. 
<laughs> I was just telling Laura before this episode st- we started recording how how overwhelmed how all the things that I have to do before before this weekend and she's now I just added two more things to my to do list so thank well, you well and yes. one more thing that I gave you before the yeah. we recorded yeah, yeah great <laughs> well I I can take over the Lake Worth Street Festival thing the the chalk thing I'll I'll yes. find out the okay. dates for that okay. <laughs> Okay. There, scratch that off your list. Perfect. <laughs> All right, All right. Let's get into today's episode. What opportunities and experiences do you provide? I, I love this question because we've talked about this many times before. Yeah. Right. But I don't think we've ever focused, especially just on that. Right. Right. And we're in the middle. I, I think it's the middle, right, of the Building Thinking Classrooms book club. Yes. And let, let me tell you, everybody, chapters eight and nine, nine especially, heavy duty, making us think about yeah. the tasks and how we're giving them and what we're giving them. And ooh, I can't wait to talk about that with everyone later today. Yeah. Uh, we got to provide opportunities for students to think independently, for students to think collaboratively. Collectively. Right? Yes. Collectively. And I, that's where my thinking as a teacher has changed, has shifted because I think more of myself as a facilitator, not as a teacher, right? So I like my job is more to ask questions, record what their thinking is, show them how to record their thinking because that can be messy and that mm-hmm. can be difficult. And to provide opportunities to make connections, right? So between the concrete, the representational, the abstract, I've really tried in my small groups to give them more opportunities with concrete. Because sometimes, you know, with fifth grade, when you have whole group concrete time, it's not as effective as if you have small group with you when you have four kids in front of you or three kids in front of you and you're you're using the manipulatives. You know what I mean? It, it's just it it can be more distracting. There's there's just, you know, it's it's going to happen. I sometimes I try to get them to, you know, get it out of them before we start, like by playing with them or doing whatever it is or at the end. Mm-hmm. But I I've just I've noticed that they're uh, of course when they're right there in front of me, they're going to be a little bit more focused. <laughs> right? Because they can't student right? They can't. (laughs) That's what Peter calls studenting, right? When they're anonymous learners and we can't let kids be anonymous learners anymore. No. Listen, when they go out into the quote real world, I mean, how many jobs are there that, first of all, that we don't even think are jobs yet that aren't jobs yet, that they're going to have to collaborate with people. Yeah. And what you said about, you know, the concrete representational abstract thinking, I'm definitely going to put this link in the show notes. I got to show, yes, I took eight minutes and 46 seconds during PLCs in the past two weeks to show the teachers Mike Flynn's video, Redefining What It Means to Be Good at Math. And he talks about that we are bridge builders. We're the ones that if the kids can't make the connections between concrete representational and abstract thinking, that we should help them make those connections between all of them, right? And that abstract thinking is not the goal of anything. Because if a kid knows standard algorithm but has no reasoning behind it, that's 
that's not mathematical thinking at all. That's just, no. I can be a regurgitator and a mimicker. Yeah. Right. And math is more than just the writing part of it, right? It's more than just the abstract part. It's also the building and the drawing. And that's what something, you know, like your, your build it, write it. It's build, draw, write, think, and talk. That's, that's all of it right there. Right there. Yeah. You're right. I had that on my mask, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 2020. (laughs) And I, I, and it's important to, Peter also talks about perseverance and patience and it's important for, were you going to say that too? Yeah. It's important to allow kids like my, my student who didn't have the perseverance, right? When, when she was taking her test to keep at that problem and she was just going to write down the wrong answer as her answer. She didn't have the perseverance. She didn't have the patience for herself to like think through it. She just was going to, just ready to give up. And I have a real world example. Remember last year um, I started my kids on stick and split. Well, I finally (laughs) got them all new uh, passcodes and everything. And Yesterday, I was in one second grade class and I, gosh, I don't remember anymore, three or four first grade classes. And I had them, you know, first of all, just try to type the website to, to get there and oh, yeah. all this. That was super fun. And um, once the kids got on it, one, I mean, you know, at least one kid in each class was like, well, what do I do? I said, figure it out. I mean, yeah. It, you know, I didn't say it's a game. You, you pl- I didn't say that, but in my mind, I was like, you play games all the time that you don't know how to play. So yeah. I literally said, figure it out. And off they went. And oh, guess what? They figured it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and if a kid really got frustrated and had zero, zero idea, that's when I stepped in. And I said, right. look at your target number up here. Because the first one is four. And it's full of ones. And so some kids just clicked all the ones. And I was like, well, you're trying to make four. So how many ones does it take to make four? And some right. of the kids I had to help count, you know, four ones on, on the screen and click them and, and hit stick. And once they saw that, they were like, oh, then they got it, right? The challenge comes when I really like this game. Everyone should should go and become a part of it. One thing that you can't do is combine different numbers. So if you're trying to make six, you have to either do two threes, three twos, or six ones. And so sometimes you have to combine other numbers and stick them and then split those so that it becomes, really, it's all about factoring, (laughs) but the kids don't know that. (laughs) Right. But it, and it, you know, it, that just, that part just reminded me of, again, why fractions should be taught first, because you, we emphasize that you have to add same sized pieces, right? Oh, yeah. And what is place value when you add, what, or when you're adding, what do you need to consider? You need to consider the sized pieces of what you're adding. So if you're adding ones, you have to add ones to ones, not ones to tens or not ones to tenths, right? Same sized pieces. So again, fractions for the win before decimals. <laughs> and did I share with you that Mathagon has a new game? It's called Factress. No. You love Tetris, right? Yes, I do. You are, I'm going to send this to you. You are okay. going to love it because okay. it Tetris 
but with factors. Ooh. And everybody, I'll link that on the show notes too. You're you're gonna get obsessed with this. I already oh my gosh! No. <laughs> okay. All right. I can't wait. <laughs> yep. But look, we're I'm giving you opportunities and experiences, right? And just because yes. it's a game doesn't mean it's not good. Right. Right. That made me think of when you were talking too is is number pyramids. Remember number pyramids that you've shown me years ago? So I started making some. I don't even think I've shared them with you yet. I started making, yeah, I started making number pyramids with, and it's a, it's a station in my rotations. Um, it's with a base of three blocks Mm -hmm. with a base of four blocks and with a base of five blocks. So they can pick which ones they want. And I've done it for addition of whole numbers and obviously subtraction because when you, you know, so they, they have to do the inverse for some mm-hmm. of them to find some of those empty boxes and decimals. I've done it for both. So now my next round of them will be multiplying. Okay. And we can link those to the show notes too. Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll share some. Fantastic. One other thing I want to just share is we have to give I don't even know if it's give. We have to make teachers do the math. Like we have to, like I'm a math coach. I have to give them time to play and tinker with the math that they're trying to teach, quote unquote, the kids so that it just doesn't become all procedural, right? Right. Mm -hmm. When, When my fifth grade teachers were teaching multiplying decimals, the first thing I said was, do you all need graph paper? And they probably looked at me like I had four heads, right? Because what do they need graph paper for? And so I I just, I said it. I didn't even have time to show them. But, you know, I was like, have the kids use yellow and blue because then the green will show up like like the Ziploc bag commercial so many years ago, yellow and blue make green, that I have to give more opportunities for the teachers to have opportunities and experiences with the math. So that's going to be on the forefront of my mind now. You know what popped up in my memories um, on Facebook? I think it was yesterday, the day before, five years ago, you and I sitting at my dining room table doing decimal multiplication. Yeah. We had the base 10 blocks there. Like that was the picture that I took and it was our decimal multiplication unit. (laughs) Yeah, because I came to you and I'm like, I don't, I don't get this yet. I don't understand this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. I need to figure it out. And that's what we did, right? We played. Yeah. We 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 tried to make sense of it. And yeah, yeah, students have to but teachers, you're right. Teachers have to do it too because that's that's part of the problem. That's why they're not taking out the manipulatives. That's why they're not taking out the grid paper. That's mm-hmm. why they're not going on Mathagon and creating area models with with the you know with the base almost the base 10 blocks the the flats the rods the the unit cubes they're not doing any of that because they don't understand it they don't get it right so when you don't get it you don't use it nope that's for sure of course i think one of the best ways to provide those opportunities and experiences for kids is is through those vertical non-permanent surfaces oh yes well, having them in random groups having them up on on those vertical non-permanent surfaces, having them on the white books or whiteboards, you know, vertical whiteboards, it, it it changes what math class looks like and what it feels like to do math. And it, I, I don't know, it just, it just, it, it's there. The opportunities are there every day, daily basis. And 
it pushes kids to think in ways that I've never seen before and it keeps them engaged in ways that I have never seen before either. I know. How how can we get the word out that we I mean more people need to read the book and start it and just jump in and do it. Yeah. Well, just like I always say, it's one person at a time, right? That's it. Like I'm thinking of our friend Tanya in Croatia. She's the only one in Croatia doing a thinking classroom. But yeah. watch, we're going to have a conversation with her next year. And even if it spreads to one person, well, right. that's a whole other group of kids that will be positively affected. Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for her. <laughs> I am too. I, I mean, could too. you be? Could you imagine being the first person in a country to do something? That's very cool. That is so cool. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Our challenge for you this week is to let us know what opportunities and experiences do you provide? Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag LearningThroughMath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too. Thank you.